candidates by name, not by title. Democrat candidate for Missouri Governor, Crystal Quaid. Let's welcome her. Thanks for joining us, Representative Quaid. Thank you for having me. Time starts now. Okay. What needs to be done to continue to drive growth in Missouri's top industry, agriculture? I think the first thing we need to do is be having more conversations, to be honest. Um, I think in the, my time in Jefferson City, I'm going into my eighth year. What I continue to see is a lot of us telling everybody else what to do, and a, a lot of uh, we need to be doing more of the listening and actually asking folks what they need. Some of the top issues that I continue to hear from folks uh, about what would help the industry are things um, that we often aren't um, connecting, and I think a lot of Missourians don't connect, and some of those would be things like broadband internet access and having conversations about our rural communities and how we get young folks to get to stay there. I hope we can dive into some of those questions about rural schools and hospitals, but I think all of those things are very connected when it comes to how we are increasing the industry. So where would you say the, the biggest improvement would be for broadband internet, internet access? You know, we have a great opportunity in Missouri and a lot of our states do across the country around those investments. I think it's really key that we are looking at um, investing wisely, making sure that we are having very good jobs that come along with that broadband installation and uh, where, you know, the kiddos and our families don't have current access. Um, I grew up in Webster County and um, where I'm from, kids would have to, during COVID when there was uh, no school, sometimes kids would have to drive 45 minutes to the closest McDonald's to sit in the parking lot and access the internet. Um, and so I think that there's a lot of space for us um, in that in that industry to continue to grow it, which helps ag in the long run. I believe there's some money that was from the Inflation Reduction Act that is, uh, Missouri has some of that money to maybe help with rural broadband. Can you give us an update on where some of the implementation of that may be? Yeah, um, I would say I, I wish it was going faster than it is, to be honest with you. But as most things in government, there's a lot of red tape and a lot of uh, processes before the money is getting out the door. Um, I know that uh, from, from my understanding, we have a task force that is digging into where we need it first, um, and then, of course, uh, putting out bids for uh, who we're going to use to install it um, into which communities. And so it's taking too long, um, but hopefully we'll, we'll see that rolling soon. You mentioned um, reinvigorating rural communities. Um, I was reading, of course, the average age of the Missouri farmer, nearly 60 years old, just slightly older than the average age of the U.S. farmer at 57 and a half years old. What should be done to continue to keep a fresh generation of farmers and ranchers involved in the business? Yeah, I think that is something that folks uh, talk a lot about the struggles of rural communities. I know when I was in school, folks would leave and a lot of our kids went to Mizzou um, and then came back home to run their family farms. And we're just seeing less and less than that. And I think it's a combination. We mentioned broadband. I know that is a huge piece for young people because not only does it uh, something that they want to have, but it also helps grow their personal family farm if they can have access to putting things online and those types of things. But I also think that things are like rural hospitals is a big piece of that conversation. You know, we've had 19 of our rural hospitals our state close over the past several years and broadband is again something that can help in that space but when you're a young person and you're talking about where you want to live and raise your family public education is a topic of conversation how good are the schools are they accessible all of those things come into mind when you're a young person deciding where you want to live and raise your family of course I'm sure you're aware Missouri Farm Bureau is in the process of offering health plans to farmers what's your stance on rural health care affordability and availability 
yeah, I mean, that is definitely one of the most important things to me. Um, I, all of us have family stories, right? My, um, my father had multiple uh, heart surgeries, and it takes him two hours to get to the hospital for his checkups, and that is a huge problem. They actually come to Springfield and stay the night with me to access a doctor. Um, and so we have so much work to do as the government um, around making this a huge priority. Uh, one of the things from the Office of the Governor that is extremely important is making sure that we're reimbursing our hospitals timely. And I know that that is a huge struggle for a lot of our hospitals to keep the doors open for those small communities. Um, and so that is a space where, as governor, I can I can work on that and make sure that those times are, are faster. We're looking at those rates and making sure that our hospitals aren't going under. We need to have conversations about incentivizing doctors and nurses to come to those communities. Um, and there's a lot of other states that are doing a lot around that and Missouri is just really falling behind. There are a lot of different spaces that um, we as the state government can look at to bringing those hospitals back to a vibrant state. I'm going to shift gears a little bit here and get to some more of the agriculture-focused issues. I know that I fall a lot in policy world. Here in the state, who has the right to decide whether larger-scale poultry livestock production facilities are allowed to be built across the state? Well, I think what we need to be doing is making it much more of a local conversation than it is. Um, in, in my time in the legislature, um, there has been lots of discussion around these factory farms and who's regulating them, whether that's the local elected authorities and the health departments, um, or if we're doing that on a state level. And I personally am a believer that local communities should get to decide where those large factory farms are and who is participating, who is buying that farmland. I have filed the foreign agriculture bill, which I'm sure there's been a lot of discussion about today. Um, um, I have filed that bill, um, and in my time in the legislature, since I've been there, uh, we've had actually a Democrat filing that every year that, that I've been there trying to um, bring control back to the local folks who know what's best for their communities and what they need and what will help them thrive. You talk about having a more community approach when talking about the larger scale livestock operations. What would you change now, I'm sorry, later versus how the approach is taken currently with you know deciding what works and what doesn't in every community? Yeah, the thing that I get contacted the most about, um, and, and I'll be clear, you know, I don't live in a rural community anymore. I grew up in one, but I lived in the city of Springfield now. And so it's very important to me that I listen to the folks that are impacted by these things when we're making our decisions. And what I get contacted the most about is actually around water regulation and where the where these farms are in regards to the drinking water. I grew up on, on a well water. I understand how that is impacted by what's around you. Um, and that is the, the space that I get talked about most. And, and so I would like to see that brought back to the local decision makers. Shifting gears a little bit here, you talk about water. It makes me think the waters of the United States. It's another ag regulation that continues to affect many farmers and ranchers here in the state and of course across the country. What's your take on EPA's latest on the waters of the United States rule? Yeah, I, I spent my first job after college actually working for the United States Senate, so I will be for the first to say that there is way too much red tape and we need to be doing better, period, and I think that is a completely nonpartisan issue, and I think the conversations around the EPA fall into that too. Again, I would like to see decision makers locally, whether that's state government, of course, local folks at the table for these discussions. Um, one of the things I know folks are really striving for is to try to have more community listening, listening sessions with the EPA before these decisions are made 
state and trying to bring the local communities and oftentimes those can get a little rowdy but I think that's okay because we need to be telling uh, the folks in DC what's best for us and not the other way around. When you talk about water issues, what kind of water issues do um, your com- does your community in Springfield bring to your attention, and does do any of them involve agriculture? Yeah, so what the city of Springfield actually contacts me the most about is our drainage systems. So Springfield is a relatively old city, and we have not invested well in redoing our piping and underground systems, and so we have a lot of flooding that happens uh, whenever we get rain, and it doesn't have to be a lot of rain, and it's pretty quick. Um, you know, and of course the city is different than where we are in rural communities, um, but those types of um, infrastructure investments need to be being made regard, you know, across the whole state. And that's not an urban or rural problem. That is a problem that we just haven't been addressing in our state very well. Thank you. What's your opinion of eminent domain for the construction of new energy and other projects? Yeah, this is a question that um, I know not everyone in this room is going to agree with me on. It's been a huge fight in Jefferson City for a very, very long time. Um, my personal opinion is that we need, to, when we're talking about imminent domain, it should not be used frequently. And when it is used, it should be for what we consider the greater good. Um, and specifically when we're talking about utilities, and I know that's the big controversy that we've had in Missouri over the past few years, it really is a conversation of, um, you know, who is this impacting for the good and who is not. And if we are utilizing imminent domain, absolutely we need to be compensating in a very fair way. Um, But you know, when it comes to the bills that I've seen in Jefferson City, this is a space where I am not the expert in. I'm a social worker by background and I think the most important thing about any government official is understanding where they are good and where they need some assistance in and being open to say, I'm not sure about this one. And so when it came to those bills that I've seen come forward in Jefferson City, I talked to the farmers who are elected in the room. I look at the bill sponsors. I say, who is moving this legislation and try to have as many conversations as I can before we make those hard decisions. I know we're talking, um, you know, your election for governor here, but you are also in the state legislature. What do you see as being the top agriculture issue in the next session, at least for the for your side of the, the chamber here? Yeah, so I I definitely think the foreign ownership conversation is going to continue to be a large one. Um, I know all y'all in this room know that that several years ago, before I was a lawmaker, uh, we had reversed our rules in Missouri, and now there is a big conversation around should we allow these foreign entities like China to own our farmland, and how much, and are we regulating that? Should we pay attention? Um, I know where I'm from. I have a lot of multi-generation farmers who lived right next door to me and you know, wanted their grandkids to be on the same land, farming that land. And I think it's important that as a state government, we really are looking at who controls access to our food. Um, COVID was a great example where I know and uh, you know where I'm from, our our pantry or our grocery store aisles were completely empty. And when folks were calling and scared, they were saying, you know. Who is controlling this? They want access to their local farm food. They want to be able to call their neighbor and say, hey, let me buy this from you. And when we allow foreign entities to continue to be a part of that conversation in such a serious way, their priorities are not the same as Missourians. It's just not. And so that conversation um, is definitely a bipartisan discussion that's happening right now. Um, And so I think that that will continue to probably be the biggest thing that folks talk about. We're nearing the end of our time together. And keeping that in mind, what would be your final thought that you'd like to leave with our audience today? Yeah, what, what I hope to leave with y'all, uh, first, I realize that I am the first Democrat to sit on this stage in a very, very long time, and I appreciate y'all welcoming me to be here. Um, what I want to say to you guys, and, and quite honestly, the reason I jumped into this race is I know that Missourians are tired of what's going on, and they're tired of the partisan fighting. 
And folks want somebody who represents them, who understands their life, and who understands what Missourians are struggling with. I'm the first in my family to graduate high school. My mom's still a waitress today. Um, I come from a background that I think is really important to our discussions. But I think what I would like to leave with you all is that it's not as divisive as everyone wants us to think it is. I've gone through y'all's website, your policies, discussions, your folks who come to Jefferson City and I talk all the time. We agree on a lot more than we disagree on. And I'm really running for governor to try to bring us back to that, that state of Missouri where we can be proud and not be angry with each other all the time and actually try to get some stuff done. So I really appreciate you guys welcoming me and inviting me to the stage. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Quay.